grumble, moan, groan, complain, bellyache, whatever you want to call it. That's where I tend to go first. Peter, how long do I have? How long do you need? Okay. Okay, so we're going to do this very quickly. The whole point is we make a choice. And the way this is written is it's a command to bless the Lord. It's not given to God by an option. Now, we can disobey, but his command to us is that we are to obey. And David is writing this, and he's reminding himself. A guy who had everything. And he is reminding himself that the Lord is good. And then he says, and forget none of his benefits. That's the one I like. Because what you just did reminded me of so many things that I'm thankful for that I don't even think about on a regular basis. And the word forget there means it's a continuous thing that you should do not only here and now, but in the future. In other words, it's a command to bless the Lord, and it's don't forget to be thankful. I'll tell you, in the last, what, six months or whatever, it has been very easy to forget to be thankful and to forget to praise the Lord. And if, I, if you don't hear anything else in the sermon, that's what I want you to hear. Why? Because David said it, God recorded it, and brought it for us this morning. And so we make the choice to be thankful. And you know what? As I was thinking about this, I had all kinds of illustrations to use. But uh, we have a church bus. And the church bus can be a royal pain in the neck. It is also one of the great tools that God has made available to us. Dave Lamb and I have busted our brains, busted our knuckles, busted our backs, trying to get that dumb thing to get inspected. And it's still sitting out there and we still haven't gotten it running right yet. The point is, I look at that and I want to be frustrated. I want to be angry. And then I go, Lord, thank you for giving me the, I, the whole mindset that this is not going to kick me around. I am going to make sure we fix it. I got that attitude um, and it's very helpful. It's also very gets me in trouble at times. But the point is, I could look at that and say it's just frustrating. You know, or I can say, thank you, Lord. I actually have health and strength, and I have a little bit of ability, and uh, the bus company gave me the schematics, and they gave me advice, and somebody else gave Dave advice last night. And, and we, we look at that, and we go one step at a time. And I need to realize that whatever is happening in life, I need to look at it from the proper perspective, and I need to bless the Lord. And don't forget any of His benefits. The opposite is, you're an invalid. You can't think. You can't do things. But if you can, thank the Lord. And you say, but I'm not young anymore. And, uh, you know, I don't have the ability to do this or that. Or our country is this or that. You know what? Look at it and say, what do you have? Instead of looking at the other side of what you don't have. And even when you do that, you look around and you go, wow. I am so much better off than somebody else. We are so much better off than someone else. And that's the whole thing. And then he goes on to talk about spiritual things. And you might think he's talking about physical health here. But when you look at everything in the scripture, the emphasis, at least the emphasis, is on spiritual things. Who pardons all of our iniquities, all of our, the punishment has been taken on by Jesus Christ, who heals all our diseases. And when he does that, whether it's the New Testament or the Old Testament, 
He's talking about the diseases of the heart, spiritual illness. And we definitely have them. In fact, as even in the, the New Testament, when he says those that are ill, those that are sick need a physician, he's not talking about people that are paralyzed there. He's talking about sinners and tax gatherers, despised and despicable people. He's saying, no, they have a spiritual problem. And so God pardons us. He heals our spiritual disease. He goes on to say in verse 9, he says, he won't always strive with us. He will not keep his anger forever. Uh, He has the right to judge us. I'm going to put my hand up first. If he did what, if I got what I deserved, I'm done. But he, praise the Lord, he didn't do that. He sent Christ to die for us. You got to go there. You have to keep going back there because if we got what we deserve, we're all heading to the wrong direction. Uh, We're going to burn forever and ever. No, he sent Christ to take on all of our sin and all of those things that separated us from God. He says in verse 10, he doesn't deal with us according to our sins. Think about that. If you... If he said, okay, this is what you did, and then he, he, he's, you're, you're in trouble. Nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. Another word for sin. Notice the thing that God has done for us is dealt with the core issue, and that's sin. He's dealt with us. You've got to be, th- if you've trusted Christ, you've got to be a thankful person. He is making it clear that's what he expects. So if you want to know, what does God want me to do with my life? You go, what's God's will for my life? That's always a big question. Nothing wrong with the question. But the truth is, the first thing you need to do is bless the Lord at all times because He has dealt with your sin above and beyond everything else. And then He goes on to say, as high as the heavens above the earth uh, and, and uh, His great, great as His loving kindness toward us who fear Him. So He is loyal and faithful and loving and gracious and merciful to us. And then he says, and there's three things found in the Bible that go this direction. He says here, as far as the east is from the west, he has removed our transgressions. Remember, if you go north, you eventually have to go south. But if you go east and west, he's saying, never, never, never coming back against you again. Think about that, folks. If you didn't, if you came in here a little down and out because of COVID and all kinds of other stuff that's going on, look at it and say, No, my sin is gone, never to pass by me again. And then other places, he says uh, that it's cast our sin behind his back. You you can't see directly behind your back. You cannot do that. That's where he's put our sin. And then he goes on to say he's trampled it underfoot. Whatever you trample underfoot is something that you have no regard for. You don't, you despise it. You don't, there's nothing to, he tramps our sin right down. You know, there's no regard. He's not going to bring it back up again. Think about that. Think about that and be thankful. Be Bless the Lord. And then he says he's cast it to the bottom of the sea. Mount Everest is a little over five miles high. And the Mariana Trench is somewhere around seven miles deep. 6.8 to seven miles deep. He says, I put your sins in the bottom of the sea. The pressure on your sin, according to this, if you want to go by that, is 16,000 
pounds of pressure per square inch. You, can't, it, you, you would be flatter than a pancake. You know, he's saying, I did, that's what I did with your sin. I got rid of it all. There's nothing I'm going to bring back up. And then he goes, he redeems us from the pit. This is uh, continuing on. Uh, I'm sorry, I got something wrong earlier. But this is that he redeems us from the pit. He crowns us with loving kindness. He satisfies your years with good things. If you're a little bit older, this one here should be uh, a plus to you. Because it's not, oh, you're getting old and useless. He says, no, you're getting older. There's no doubt about it. We all know that one. I do. So your youth is renewed like an eagle. Eagles uh, molt like chickens do or whatever, but they molt differently than a chicken. They shed, every year they shed a few feathers, but they grow new ones back. So that an eagle, you you're looking at them on the outside. You don't know if the eagle is a year or two old or 30 years old. You don't know because God is there every step of the way providing. I do things differently now. I think differently now than I used to. I'm a little bit older than I used to. But you know what? I look at things and I realize God has been faithful to provide exactly what I needed the whole time. That's all you need to know about that. And then he goes on uh, to say that he has made his known ways known to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. Let's face it, we're going through the book of Exodus. As you go through there, you go, why didn't God just zap them and get rid of them? <laughs> but he didn't. Why? He is compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abundant in loving kindness. And then he goes on to say, he performs his righteous deeds, his judgment for those who are oppressed. You may feel that way right now. He is there. Don't, don't give up. He has compassion as a father has for his children. I, I think this one here. I've never said, I want something bad to happen to my children. You know, I want, I want good for them. Well, that's what he wants for us. And he goes on to say, he, oh, by the way, he knows who you are. He knows how frail I am. It says he knows our frame. He's mindful that we are but dust. Remember back in the book of Genesis? <laughs> That's who we are. And everything that we have above and beyond that, he has given us. That's why we need to be grateful, thankful people who bless the Lord. It's easy to do the opposite. But it's a command and an ongoing issue that we need to put as a priority in our lives to bless the Lord, to be thankful, grateful people. What is the conclusion? I'm skipping a bunch of stuff. Bless the Lord. And he goes on to give a whole list of things at the very end. And he says, bless the Lord, oh my soul. He just comes right back and says, you know what? Go to the core of who you are. And that should be my attitude. When that is your attitude, it changes everything else in life. You won't be depressed. You won't be discouraged. You won't be downtrodden. Because when you bless the Lord, you cannot help but see everything from a different point of view. Peter's back on. Thank you. Uh, you gave us a lot there to think about. And so we want to definitely give you guys time um, to think about what it is that God's done for you over this last year. And so we are going to open this up again. Uh, if you have something to say, I'm just going to ask that you simply raise your hand. I will bring around the microphone for you. Um, 
That way everyone can hear you, or if you really do think you can yell it out, that's, that's fine. I trust you. It's a small enough audience here. But, um, so what is it that God's been doing in your life this last year? How has he been working uh, that you are thankful for? few words, he saved my life. Anyone else? Faye?
Anyone else? Something you are thankful for in your life that God has been doing for you over this last year. Thank you, Sally. Yeah, the Lord providing for us throughout this year. It's been a huge blessing. All right, anyone else? Something you are thankful for. Caleb? Thank you, Caleb. All right, just a few more minutes here. Anyone else? Something you're thankful for that God's been doing in your life this last year? I know for me, uh, one thing I'm thankful for is just the creativity that God's given us uh, as human beings, as part of his creation. Um, Again, COVID rocked everyone's world, especially ours back in March when it first came out. Me and Paul were prepping for Easter literally a week and a half before everything happened, we, we thought we had it all planned out, ready to go. Boy, did that all change quickly. Um, and the fact of the matter is just being flexible enough to bounce back from that to come up with multiple ideas for videos and stuff for online. Uh, Caleb's flexibility for interviewing uh, to do moment for missions and an update online as well. Um, You know, the technology that we have in place was extremely helpful. We were still able to carry out Bible studies periodically throughout that time. Uh, We were able to come up with creative ideas for kids' lessons and for stuff like that. And um, I have to just say, I'm thankful for what God has done for us, uh, giving us the ability, the creativity to use the different resources at our disposal to reach out to people all around our community. Um, It's funny that kids' videos hit more adults than they do kids. Um, but it's a great ministry. I had a lot of people from outside our church take a look at things like that, and uh, it's just another opportunity to reach out and share Christ with others. So I'm thankful for that. Faye?
<laughs> All right. Okay. Thanks, Mike. Thanks. So the last part of our service, we're going to do something just a little bit different before we close here. Um, I know many of you guys are here with your families and stuff like that, especially in the next couple services, we're going to have families in here. But what we want to do is give you an opportunity to get together uh, with your loved ones to pray and thank God for your family, uh, to thank, thank God for those uh, people specifically individually in your family. Uh, I know for, for this service, a lot of you guys are here. You're, you're not here with family. Uh, that's okay. But I want to give you guys the next four minutes here to take time to pray, to talk with God, to thank him for the people in your life uh, who are closest to you, your family members. Thank him for your mother, your father, for what they've done for you in your life. Uh, thank him for your brothers, your sisters, your kids, your grandkids, whatever it may be. But we want to give you time specifically to reflect on that here and pray to God to talk with him about that. Uh, and then I'm going to have Paul come up at the end of uh, three, three or four minutes here to close us in a word of prayer, and then you guys will be dismissed, all right? So let's bow our heads and pray.